just felt the way that the Team USA roster is built, they would have to outscore their opponents to win. Hey everybody, welcome to Put Me In Coach, the nation's leading podcast about baseball. My name is Matt Coggins. And my name is Carl Mizell. And I'm going to back up that claim that you just made about our podcast. I'm going to go ahead and second it. If anything, it's the nation's leading sports podcast, period. Uh, no, no other podcasts about sports. Uh, you know what? No other podcasts in general are touching this podcast. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can kick Mark Maron's ass. Mark Maron, the dollop. Yep. They don't talk about baseball as much as we do. So therefore, I think we win. I think we well, win. Yeah. I'm, Baseball is the best sport. We talk about it more than anybody. Ergo, this has to be the best podcast. I don't see the, the there's no flaw in that that logic. How how are you, my friend? I'm great. You know, I'm uh I've been working like crazy lately, but the the start of the baseball season has got me uh trucking on through it. How about yourself? Oh, so good, so good. Despite uh, I know I I told you off pod yesterday about my uh my home electrical woes. I still have the uh the fried <laughs> the, the the fried pushmatic circuit so that's the side that was fried this side perfectly fine so anything that was connected to that side was good but honestly this this is so exciting the fact that you and i have a baseball podcast and we're about to do our first podcast covering the start of a season i don't give a shit about about that that circuit that's thing. Right. i don't give a shit about any of the electrical stuff in my house i don't care that you you might hear my children going through up to bed because my wonderful wife is is handling bedtime duties because we're trying to get a big record in tonight i'm great I'm excited for this. I'm excited to talk predictions and players and jerseys and all kinds of cool shit. So yeah. uh, TLDR, I'm good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> to pull back the curtain a little bit, um, we are going to cover everything about the new season of baseball, which starts this Thursday, which, as you're listening to this episode, is tomorrow. Um, we are going to record basically the next two or three episodes as we're sitting down right now. Um, and go through every little detail about what there is to look forward to with the season. Of course, we've already covered some of the great free agent pickups that happen in the offseason, and of course, the new rules that MLB is putting in place. And you can go back in our archives and listen to those episodes. This one's going to be all about the teams, where we think they'll shake out, who's going to win, who might go to the World Series. And we're also going to cover, uh, over the course of these next couple episodes, some of the players that are going to be standouts. Who might win the Cy Young? What is a Cy Young? Maybe folks in the audience don't know what that is. Um, or who was Cy Young, I guess, is more <laughs> appropriate. But um, And uh, we're going to talk about you know some of the, the aesthetic changes that teams have done. What are their new uh, ballparks looking like? What are some of the cool jerseys they're going to wear? And just sort of some of the stories that are going to get told over the course of the 2023 season. Um, I'm really, really, really excited. This is sort of the episode that I think we were looking forward to recording since we started. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, absolutely. And, of course, the baseball season is what we're all looking forward to. A number of people I've, I've talked to this week are like, hey, 
season starting this week. Are you excited? And I, I probably look at them like a kid in a candy shop because I'm like, oh, fucking yeah, I am. Absolutely. I don't know if I, if we, if I mentioned this on the last episode. So if I did, you cut it or whatever. Last, the last time I had a call with my boss, he asked how everybody's brackets were doing, and I was like, well, U.S. and Japan are still in it, so <laughs> my bracket's good. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, Farley Dickinson ain't messing with my bracket because uh, they are a basketball team and not a baseball team. It, what, what's going on with... Uh, no, I don't want to get into that. I don't even... <laughs> I, 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 like, I have not paid a single NCAA. ounce of attention. I, I, I live two and a half miles from Michigan State's campus, if that. I haven't paid attention. They Somebody was like, oh, are you bummed they're out? Nope, didn't even notice. Baseball. <laughs> it's baseball season, folks. We're not talking about anything else. And so without further ado, let's cover some of the baseball headlines from this week. Of course, we're going to kind of wrap up our World Baseball uh, Classic coverage. And of course, Japan won the dramatic final game against the U.S., the game that saw the legendary Shohei Otani strikeout teammate Mike Trout for the save. Uh, we got a little, you know, plug at the at the episode we released last week that announced the winner. But uh, our first time talking about it, did you watch the finale? Where, what were your thoughts? What were your takeaways? I, <laughs> There's I our did first not- special guest. I was going to say, yeah, there is our first special guest. My daughter <laughs> has showed up. Hi, Ziggy. Hi. Hi. Uh, I did, I did not. I don't have cable, and I don't really like trying to mess around and figure out... Uh, pirating or anything um i just i was excited because i think it was two episodes ago i i made the prediction that the japan that japan would defeat the united states uh i i, I went back and forth on whether or not i was going to mention it because uh, it felt like gloating but i was very proud of it <laughs> um but as soon as as soon as the clips and everything started hitting youtube i made sure to watch it i saw that epic last at bat um i think that's something that you just dream about uh, something that you, two of the, the probably the two best baseball players on the planet facing off against each other, teammates. Like you cannot make better theater. And I, I think Benji Gill, the 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 former major league catcher who was managing Mexico's team, said it best. He said Mexico may have lost, but uh, this was a win for baseball. And exactly. I am one hundred and ten percent on board with that. I cannot. I mean, my wife was interested in watching some of the action, and when she was caught up in the drama, and I showed her the Randy or Rosarena catches, and you know all the highlights, and she was like, "This is great. This is better than a you know Thursday afternoon game between the Tigers and the you know Rangers or whomever." So yeah. if if you can get my wife into baseball, who does not really care about it that much uh just from clips and highlights and she understands the impact it's a success and i see you've got some great notes in the in in the, in the show show notes about it so why don't you tell the the, the folks listening at home just how great the wbc it was, was it was huge uh the total attendance they did the math uh out of all the 15 games that were played in miami uh the attendance was 475,000 and to put that into perspective the Miami Marlins home attendance for all of 2022 was 900,000 <laughs> so the World Baseball Classic uh clearly drew a lot of people in it had a a, a lot of folks that just uh, like you said got got stoked about baseball that don't give a shit about baseball in the average season um and i think it's going to bring more people into caring about the mlb i actually wanted to bring up we had uh, uh somebody leave us a i don't want to call it a review but if you're listening on spotify there's a q and a section uh near the the bottom of the app i think and you can actually kind of talk to us through that that function of the app and somebody mentioned 
on that function, they said, hey, I don't really, uh, I've never really cared about baseball, but I listened to your World Baseball Classic coverage and and uh, started watching the WBC, and, and now I'm super in. I'm, I'm all in. And uh, What? That's that's huge for us, of course, but huge for baseball because I, I think a ton of people, you saw it on Reddit a bunch of times, like, what is what is this number uh, next to the pitcher's name? Well, it says P colon and then a number. What does that mean? What is, what is the balls and strikes? What is that? Like all these little things that people have no idea how baseball is played and all the little mechanics that go into it they got excited and, and cared about it and it's everything we dreamed about when they announced the world baseball classic yep and we, we you're already starting to see reports and you know articles about how players are already like i'm in four years from now you don't, don't yep. please i it's no more it's none of this recruit 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 dudes saw what they were missing they saw you know it was like when i was in junior high and i never got to go on the dc you know the field trips to washington dc and everybody would come <laughs> back and tell the great stories that they you know all the fun they had uh that's what they're that's what's happening for these guys uh, Lars Newtbar, there was a story about Lars Newtbar and uh shohei otani i think shohei they exchanged like one of them gave the other a watch as sort of like a promise, like, I will be back to give you this in four years. Like, we're doing yep. this again. Um, that's the kind of stuff that, again, we we talked about this at the very outset of uh, when we started conceiving this show. We wanted to focus on stories like that, the things that make baseball great. And the WBC was a pure distillation of, of what that is, in, in my opinion. Absolutely. Speaking of Lars, uh, there was a funny headline that kind of came out at the end of the WBC coverage. Uh, he, for, for those that might not know, he was kind of a standout star for the Japanese team, but he's an American uh, player, an American citizen with family that com comes from Japan. Uh, I believe he plays for the Cardinals, right? Yes. That sounds right. Um, he had to make an emergency call to his mother upon arriving in Japan because he didn't know how the toilets work. <laughs> and I just thought that's so fun and so cool honestly it's like you know these guys that kind of get recruited from all over the world uh who might not be totally engrossed in that culture but have family lineage or or some kind of connection to that country that makes them proud to play for it and for him it was all about his family and that's kind of the sign it's like i gotta call my mom to figure out how these fucking toilets work <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never been anywhere where I couldn't figure out the toilets and the idea of that, quite frankly, frightens me. So I have you I, seen I, a Japanese toilet though? They are quite advanced. I I have not. I didn't even like. I didn't even think to Google Japanese toilet. <laughs> um, but thank you for uh, my uh, next indie band band name. Japanese uh, toilet. I'm a big fan of Japanese breakfast. The, the she's amazing. Um, she's great. Go listen to Japanese breakfast. But uh, I think I would be more in line. <laughs> My music would be more qualified for being called Japanese toilet. Well, uh, transitioning into some uh, turn, turn in the corner right from WBC into the new season, this week has been kind of uh, fun learning about what teams are calling up their big uh, prospects, some of their younger players. And there was a big story around a Yankees player named Anthony Volpe, who's, you know, pretty young. He's he's highly ranked prospect, but hasn't been to the MLB yet and uh Yankees have also kind of struggled to have a really really good shortstop over the last couple of years and uh so there was a lot of rumor a lot of speculation is this guy going to get called up and they just announced this week he will be not only on the opening day roster but he will be their starting shortstop on opening day Anthony Volpe I and they did the same thing that uh the next name that's going to pop up on your list uh, they did I am a sucker for the the hidden camera videos where they 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 tell them that they made the roster 
Um, I saw one for Anthony Volpe. I saw one for Bryce Terang, who who plays for the for the Brewers and for the the next guy on your list as well that I want to spoil that for. And I, I think it's so great. He he had a hell of a spring. It was down to him and Oswaldo Cabrera for the for the Yankees. Volpe hit three fourteen over the course of spring training. Had a great spring. I think Cabrera was below the Mendoza line. He he Uh-oh. made it. He, yeah, he made it impossible. For those of you listening uh, and not familiar, the Mendoza line is a uh, batting average uh, below at or below 200. Uh, so I think he hit 190. So he was definitely below the Mendoza line, named after, I believe, Luis Mendoza, light-hitting former Seattle Mariner. I'm not going to hey, fact-check myself. You know, for a team like the Yankees, that might not fly. For the team like the Tigers, you make the opening day starting lineup with that. So. Oh, yeah. I... I... <laughs> I took a look. They, I think the Tigers have really nailed down their roster, including a trade, a late trade today. They uh, traded what away. I can't remember. They, they got Zach McKinstry from the Cubs, uh, a light hitting utility player. But uh, he's not they, he's not going to get any videos telling the world that he's been called. <laughs> Uh, the other name uh, we were going to mention was Jordan Walker, an outfielder for the Cardinals, another highly ranked prospect. And uh, spoilers for later in the show, but the Cardinals might be very exciting to watch this year, and he's a, a key piece of that excitement. Which I hate, because I hate the Cardinals. <laughs> Fuck the Cardinals. But but they are, um, they definitely are, I, I, they're my pick to win the Central, jumping ahead, the NL Central. But Jordan Walker had a killer spring. I saw his video. You really get a sense of just how large of a human being he is when he stands up and he gently cradles his coaches in a hug so he doesn't crush them because <laughs> uh, he's like 6'5", 250 pounds or something. He looks like a linebacker who just can really hit a fastball. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, and his name will definitely come up later in the episode as well. But good for all of the, the, the youngsters. I was really surprised uh that my original pick for al rookie of the year grayson rodriguez uh did not he got option to triple a so he's not going to be there for the orioles so big bummer there a lot of people seemed very surprised by that and i i I, he had kind of a weaker spring right like he wasn't quite living up to the expectations and the orioles had it I was going to say he had an ERA over seven in the spring. Yeah. You can't. He, the you Orioles kind of live on those fringes where they play in a in a very, very competitive uh, division, and they've always been kind of seen as the the bad team in that division. And so for them, it's like you, you got to perform in order to even be in the conversation. So I get it. It's sad. But he'll get his chance. Yeah. They always do. He will. I and guess on another set, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he'll get another shot. On another sad note, I'm looking ahead uh, to to your this week in baseball history. Sad. This was the greatest moment in base. This is the greatest moment in baseball history. March 2001, in a spring training game against the San Francisco Giants, Hall of Fame Diamondbacks pitcher Randy Johnson exploded a bird with his fastball. I don't even know. Like I said, it, it, it is still to this day one of the... Have you seen Everything Everywhere all at once? I haven't. I keep trying okay. to watch it, but it's prohibitively expensive. I, I, I understand. I But <laughs> not to give away too much of the movie, but in the movie, you're able to jump between different versions of yourself by doing the least, like the lowest statistically probable thing that you could do in that moment. Hmm. And that to me was what Randy Johnson was trying to do. <laughs> 
because that was the least likely thing that you could have done in that moment was explode a seagull. I think it was a seagull. I can't tell. I think so. <laughs> what it, a goddamn I mean, blast it into smithereens. Uh, go watch the video. We'll, of course, link it in the... It's, it's a legendary baseball video. Um, you see the bird fly in from uh, the right hand of the screen as Johnson is in his windup, and then you just see an explosion of feathers and nothing else. <laughs> I I love that. I, Randy Johnson yeah. is, of course, one of the greatest pitchers that's ever lived. Um, yep. His fastball was terrifying, um, and uh, definitely that bird paid the price. So yeah, he's not he's not the only person to ever do that though. Uh, Dave Winfield did it with a throw from the outfield once. Really? Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Did the bird explode from, or did it just die? I think it. I think it just died because it wasn't. First of all, I think he was like like the ball was like in like mid-flight like i i've, I've only mm-hmm. read about it but it definitely wasn't you know only 30 to 35 feet you know like between you know right between home you know pitchers mount and home plate that that bird never stood a chance but just yeah the cause the, the the cosmic kismet or whatever you want to call it like to put those two objects in that point at the same time like everything that led up to that moment it will break your brain if you try to think too hard about it that's one of the beautiful things about baseball, especially being one of the few professional sports played outdoors, is you get these moments where birds can fly into the fucking field and, and get exploded by fastballs. Or, you know, you'll have to pause in the sixth inning because there's a cat running around in the outfield, you know? Like, that's just that's just baseball, baby. Are those dang bugs, like, uh, in Cleveland? Like, was Cleveland and New York playing, like, 15 years ago in the playoffs and Jabba Chamberlain couldn't pitch because he was just, they were just, he was just being swarmed on the mound by insects? <laughs> It, 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 you, you don't get that in basketball, is all I'm saying. No. Well, uh, without further ado, let's jump into our big predictions for this season. Let's get after it. So, baseball, how's it played? What's it, how's, how's this whole sport work? <laughs> um, Carl, before we get into our our personal predictions, I would love to see what the baseball world in general sports writers sports forecasters vegas who do they think has the best shot this year um i uh compiled a bunch of the zips projection projected standings zips is from fangraphs it's a it's a gentleman who, who lends his name to zips who i cannot pronounce that name nor did i write it down so Um, so Fangraphs does this every year. They, they say, here's who we think will not even just make the playoffs. What they predict fully on what's the standings, what's the, who's going to make the wild card, who's going to make the world series. And so their, um, most probable world series winner, judging by these predictions is of course the Houston Astros, which I believe they won last year. Is that, (laughs) feels like the math I is a little easier believe. on that. Yeah. It's easy it's easy it's um, easy to pick a, it's easy to pick the chalk and just pick the repeat. But um but yeah, uh, the loss of Altuve aside, uh Houston is bringing back basically the same roster that they had last year. They even I mean they added Jose Abreu, that was a big offseason addition. Yeah, go ahead and pick them. Yeah, I uh I don't like the Astros nor here's my thing. I'm tired of seeing the Astros in 
the World Series because they've been to what the last five out of the last ten World Series they've played in and won two of them. Mm -hmm. It's annoying. I'm sorry. I want freshness in baseball. Now, there's never been a repeat. I shouldn't say there's never been. There hasn't been a repeat World Series winner since the late 90s, early 2000s with the Yankees. Um, mm -hmm. So statistically speaking, it's very, very unlikely that Houston would not only go to the World Series again, but win again. But that said, they have it's, this would make it the fourth year in a row if they go to the World Series. And I don't care for that. So I, I, I reject. I reject this. <laughs> I don't either. And I'm I'm the kind of person, nothing would, I because I, I don't own a Major League Baseball team. I have no skin in that game. But to me, the Dream World Series would be like Seattle, Milwaukee, or, you know, just something, yeah. something like that. Some two teams you don't get to see very often uh, at all on the national stage. Let these guys get some shine. Let, you know, Fox Sports run some fawning you know human interest piece about julio rodriguez or you know talk about uh cal raleigh cal raleigh's uh magn magnificent nickname big dumper uh i want to hear about that i'm i'm not kidding dude's got cake and so they call him big dumper they sell shirts in the in the team shop with his this says big dumper on the back those are the kind of things that i want i am i don't want to own who's playing in the world series this year yankees dodgers whoopty shit i don't care yeah. give me something fresh so they have the Astros predicted to uh, win the AL West um, with the Mariners just a few games behind them and tied with the Angels. Um, well, judging by these numbers, it looks like the Mariners would get the second. No, they wouldn't get a wild card spot because according to these predictions in the East, the Yankees would win. And then the Blue Jays and Rays would get those two wild card slots. Well, there's um, right behind the Yankees. there's three there's three wild cards. Oh, that's right. I can't do math. Yep. <laughs> so, so I guess it would yeah, be, the, yeah, the Mariners would get that third one with 85 projected wins. Um, and uh, in the Central, the Guardians uh, would win again with a mostly positive record. Uh, and they'd be the only positive record in the Central because, according to them, every other team would be below 500, uh, including our beloved Tigers, who, by this math, I think do exactly the same as last year, 71 and 91. And which is exactly two last year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Uh, this year, I would no, no. They were sixty six. They won sixty six games last year. Oh, so an improvement. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I would. Th I, I know we've talked about it, and we'll get to it later. I, I, if the Tigers go between seventy and seventy five wins, I would call that a good season. I'd say five hundred is overachieving. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll we'll. Uh, I'd love to touch a little more in depth on the Tigers a little later because they are our team, and and uh, we've got some knowledge on them uh, moving over to the national league they're projecting the padres and dodgers to tie in the west a lot of ties in these projections i find that interesting um and uh the giants also pretty positive looks like they do 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 trying to do really quick math they would get a wild card slot um in the central the cardinals run away with it uh eight games yep. ahead of the brewers and of course in the ever competitive east the braves met tie again <laughs> that's what i'm saying like you, you, i'm trying to imagine the tie because so in the west you have according to the zips projections the padres and the dodgers tying at 91 wins they have the cardinals winning the central with 91 wins and then they have the braves and the mets both getting 94 wins so assuming that this is and they're assuming they're using some sort of tiebreaker they're saying atlanta beats new york so you're you're 
division winners would be Atlanta, St. Louis, and San Diego, which means that actually it, by this, the, the Brewers would not get a, a wild card spot because the Mets would get one wild card, the Phillies at 85 wins would get another, and then the Dodgers would get the third or what, the other one at 91 wins. Right. And even then, if, if San, San Francisco wins 88, you wouldn't get it there. So Jesus, Zips, could you mix it up a bit? Maybe give one of those teams 93 I guess the hard thing and the, and the reason why this might be kind of hard to track compared to last season is all these teams are playing teams that they did not play last season. Yeah. And and because uh, of the new balance schedule, like we mentioned on a previous episode, every team is playing every other team. And so, you know, the, the Mets don't usually play the Tigers every year. And now they will. They will have at least three games against every single team every year. And I feel like that kind of makes the numbers a little different. And yet we end up with these standings that look identical to last year, except for no, these are identical to last year, aren't they? The numbers are different. But the standings are the same. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do, I do believe so. I think maybe the West, the AL West, might have, might have been different. But I'm pretty sure this is basically. I, I think this. Are you sure these are the zips from this year? And <laughs> last I swear year? to God. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm 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 saying that in jest. Clearly, I know it's it's different, but yeah. I but but then again, who 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 is going to compete with St. Louis in the NL Central? Who is? It's going to be a three-team race in the AL or the NL East. The AL East is going to be the same, just difficult gauntlet as it has been ever since Tampa Bay got good. You know, I mean, that's just the state of baseball right now. It's going to be very difficult for a team, I think, this year to, to to really break through. You'll see a lot of breakthroughs from players, I'm sure, but I don't think, and we'll talk about that later. We've got some sort of like dark horse contenders to talk about, but uh, yeah, I, I can't, right now, all things being equal, I can't see any reason to disagree with this. So that's a statistician who has given us their predictions based on math and stats. And I just say, you know, fuck all that nerd shit. <laughs> Carl, I want to hear your uh out of the park simulation findings. What what you've discovered from a video a video game, kind of a video game, sort of a more uh, managerial simulator game. I I suppose is what you describe it as. And we kind of talked about this on the show episode. Um, but why don't you dive a little deep into into your discoveries from simulating the twenty twenty three season in Out of the Park? Absolutely. So for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Out of the Park baseball is a like Matt said, it is a more of a simulator. Um, but it is extremely, extremely deep. It is so deep that Major League Baseball teams use it uh, to sort of predict and and run uh, analyses, so to speak. Uh, great Detroit Tigers uh, beat writer for the Athletic, Cody Stavenhagen, has a great piece on it uh, from late last from last Friday, the day the new one released. So I plunked down my thirty five bucks to get it because I knew it was going to be worth it to have it for this. Out of the park has, uh, for the most part, gone completely crazy uh, and against Zips. So in the American League East, they have Toronto winning the division, uh, followed by the Yankees, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Boston at the bottom. They predict Boston, or in this simulation, Boston was the only team in the American League East to finish below 500. (laughs) Oh, poor Boston. Now, uh, I also 
um, as a matter of fact, I, I now that I look at it, I wrote I wrote my notes, uh, I wrote my predictions before I did this, and uh, out of the park agreed with my assessment, which means that yes, I did pick the Blue Jays to win the American League East. Uh, in the National League, they have the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Marlins, and the Nationals. So yeah, that's pretty. That's exactly what uh, Zips predicted, if I remember. Yep, Braves, yep. Mets. Yep. Uh, in the American League Central, they have the Minnesota Twins winning 95 games and just barely beating the Chicago White Sox by two and a half games with 93 wins for the White Sox, followed by the Guardians, the Tigers, and the Kansas City Royals. Fun fact about this division, Kansas City's the only team in the division with a record below 500. They, in this simulation, the Tigers went 84 and 77. For some reason, they're, they're so hard to believe, but uh, yeah, there's some missing games. I just realized that Minnesota is 95 and 65, which is only 160, uh, 160 games. So maybe some rain outs huh. just to get, get made up. Uh, in the NL Central, you have the Cardinals and the Brewers, uh, both getting playoff spots there, uh, followed by the Reds, the Cubs, and the Pirates, none of whom uh, finished above 500 and did not make the playoffs. Uh, in the American League West, Astros, followed by the Angels, the Rangers, the Mariners, and shock of shockers, uh, the Oakland Athletics at the bottom, and then over in the National League West. Here's a fun one. They predict that the only team in the National League West that gets a playoff spot, or not predict, uh, in this simulation, the Dodgers ran away with the division by 23 games. The Dodgers win the division, followed by Arizona with 75 wins. San Francisco the Diamondbacks yeah in second place with 75 wins the this simulation did not think highly of uh of the National League West the Padres in fourth place and then way down at the bottom again not much of a shock here the Colorado Rockies um at 60 and 101 did you have a playoff bracket or a World Series win? Did yes, that... I do. I wrote that one. I wrote that one down. Nice, but I, I didn't write it on my dedicated. Um, <laughs> I didn't write it on my dedicated uh, baseball notebook. So, over in the American League, uh, in the wild card round, the Guardians win two games to nothing over the White Sox, and the Blue Jays defeat the Angels two games to one. In the NL wild card, Milwaukee takes the series from the Mets. Boo, two games to one. What the hell? And Philadelphia, I don't even know if you can call it a sweep in a best of uh, three series, but Philadelphia sweeps the Dodgers two games to nothing. Uh, in the American League Divisional Series, Houston uh, goes five games with Cleveland, uh, but they managed to pull that series out, and Minnesota sweeps Toronto three games to nothing. In the National League Divisional Series, takes five games from Milwaukee to dispatch Atlanta, and it takes Philadelphia, five games to dispatch the Cardinals. American League Championship Series, six games for Minnesota to bounce the Astros, four games to two. And in wow. the National League Championship Series, Philadelphia versus Milwaukee, Milwaukee loses. <laughs> Philadelphia goes Damn. walking, just running away, four games to one. And then in a what I'm going to assume was a classic World Series that went seven games, the Phillies exercised the demons from last year, and they beat the Minnesota Twins four games to three to win the 2023 out at the park World Series uh, okay. simulation. All right. Okay, Phillies. I also did a simulation, although far less uh, uh, complex or involved or even accurate because I did it on MLB The Show 22, which is uh, the old schedule 
and the old rules, but with an updated roster. So as of today's roster, I simulated, and that, I uh, didn't write down like all the playoff bracket, but it was Blue Jays Cardinals in the World Series, and Cardinals win over Blue Jays, which I find, I found that very interesting. Uh, Absolutely. Two teams that I think people are kind of excited about, but no one's really talking like, these will be the World Series winners. Okay. I also have some uh, some player awards. Uh, they simulated that as well, if you'd like to hear those. Well, hot dog. Let's get into it. Um, in the American League, they predicted the Cy Young winner, or again, I'm saying predict, in this simulation, Jacob deGrom gets the American League Cy Young, which is, I think, shocking simply because they also said that he pitched 251 innings. I'm not buying that for a second. Um, no shock here in the National League. Max Scherzer gets the Cy oh. Young Award. Um, and then over in the uh, MVP uh, award section, uh, in the American League, J-Ram, Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Guardians won the MVP. And, and in the National League, for the second consecutive year, a Cardinal wins the National League MVP. But this time it is Nolan Arenado. And I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, rookies of the year in the American League, Masataka Yoshida, the uh, the slugger uh, who's playing with the Red Sox this year, and in the National League, Colorado Rockies shortstop Ezekiel Tovar gets the nod there. Some interesting uh, stats, but I, I'm not going to belabor the point. But I was just really fascinated to see that in this simulation, the leader in home runs in the American League, John Carlos Stanton. Hmm. Yeah, John Carlos Stanton with 56, followed by. Joey Gallo with 54. No if way. Joey, if Joey Gallo could bust out 54 home runs, uh, he would run away. Run away with the, the comeback The Twins deserve to go to that uh, World Series at that point. Absolutely. I mean, I've heard that Stanton uh, had a bad season last year, and he still hit 30 home runs. So anything's possible, I guess, if you're a Yankee, <laughs> if, if that's yeah, a bad season. I'm shocked. I, I had no idea that he hit 30 home runs last year. Yeah. Well, no. Stat, stat, well, uh, let, fact checkers, fact check me. Uh, I think it was 30. Let's uh, find podcast out. Podcast I listened to earlier. I want to talk to you about Vegas odds. Uh, we're, we're not a gambling podcast, nor uh, do we condone it, uh, though I have taken a part of it, um, but not for baseball. I don't like gambling on baseball. I find it sullies my love of the sport. And uh, and as, as like a prerequisite, I, I'd love to do an episode about sports gambling in general um but I, I i find my biggest complaint with it especially nowadays that everybody's on the apps and everything is is they get pissed off if their team uh wins just because they didn't make their weird specific prop bet like oh well yeah. uh, yankees won but stanton didn't hit a home run in the bottom of the third so i lost a thousand dollars it's like this isn't baseball this is bullshit um so that said i do find that the vegas odds kind of help key us into like who some people maybe not statisticians but who the average person wants to put money on um and i found that really interesting so the it's no surprise that vegas uh has ranked the top five world series winners in this order astros yankees mets dodgers braves astros of course are gonna have a lot of odds in their favor because they won last year and they've only improved since then um but there was an interesting fact that i read in this article that six of the last eight world series champions had preseason title odds of 1000 or greater which means if you put a dollar down you'd get a hundred dollars back no that's not don't look at me if Again, my father, I'm not a math guy. <laughs> if my father-in-law were on the podcast he'd be able to to, to walk us through that because he's a financial planner and an avid gambler 
So, so he's explained it to me before. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Uh, w- what they mean to say is like, uh, you know, plus 1,000 odds are not even odds. They're, they're 1,000 in favor of or against your team, essentially. And that, that goes back to, you know, all the way back to the 2015 World, uh, World Series champion, Royals, who had uh, plus 3,300 odds. They were not favored before the season to even come remotely close to the World Series, and they won it. So that led me to kind of dive into who I thought are going to be my underdog picks, teams that, you know, maybe... Vegas doesn't have a lot of faith in, maybe baseball and statisticians don't have a lot of faith in, but these are the ones that I kind of am like, you know, just maybe. If given the right circumstances, these teams could do good. My favorite, of course, is the Mariners. Um, I think we've talked about it on the show before, but I am a, uh, I would put the Mariners as like my third or fourth ranked favorite team in baseball because of that underdog status. Uh, there's a fantastic documentary from uh, SB Nation and Dorktown, where they dive into the Mariners and how unfortunate they've been in their entire career as a baseball team, uh, flirting only once with the the postseason and the World Series, and uh, it's it's sad, but they've always been a great team and a great team to root for. Um, so I, Vegas says they're plus thirteen hundred odds. I say the Mariners they could be a good underdog. They could be fun. Blue Jays had the same odds. And, you know, some of our findings today show the Blue Jays got a great chance to get up there. And then diving into, like, the Angels. The Angels have plus 3,500 odds, even though they have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Now, we're going to talk when we talk players. They might not be finishing the season with the Angels, but they are mm. going to play at least opening day and a chunk of the season with the Angels. And I, I think that is a good team. It's just an unfortunate team. And it's, it sucks that, like, they've always been put in that, in that hole. And I feel the same way about the Orioles, who they have plus 5,500. I don't know. It's like they got good talent. Yeah, they play in a a challenging division, but I like them, and I like their odds despite them being bad odds. And and last but not least, the Cubs, uh, really bad odds, 7,500. I just like the Cubs. I like to root for the Cubs. For perspective, the Tigers had a thousand, uh, uh, ten thousand against them. So <laughs> yeah, I think the Cubs could could make some noise. I I not to give it, give away too much of it. I I have them finishing third in their division this year, but that is with the caveat that I'm assuming that St. Louis is going to be St. Louis, and that Milwaukee will overperform a a, a little bit. But I think there's some really exciting things going on in Chicago, and I wouldn't be surprised if, at worst, they're playing spoiler to somebody above them in, in, in either second or first place. Yeah, and why not? Why not them? That's what I always say about my underdog teams. Why not them? But uh, to transition slightly, why not some of these other teams? Uh, and the answer is because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about teams where you, you literally said, no surprise here, this team's the worst. The Oakland A's and the Colorado Rockies in particular are those two teams that always come up as like, are they trying to be bad? And um, it leads to a conversation I think we've we've talked about having a couple times on the show. We can dive in it deeper on another time, but teams that are tanking, teams that seem like their owners don't want them to win and go out of their way to deliberately give a lesser product on the field. The A's are a fantastic example of that, I think, because at one time they were good to no credit of their owners. Uh, and if anybody's seen the movie Moneyball, that's that story. The owners didn't want to give any money, so the GM is like, fine, we're going to make the best team possible while spending the least amount of money. To 
to make the smallest, most concise TLDR of that movie. <laughs> um, yep. But now they don't have a good product on the field. They don't even have a good stadium. The fans, the uh, 20 or so fans that show up to their stadium are always complaining about rats and and just how like seats falling apart and everything. And there's been this constant rumor that the A's are going to move to Vegas eventually. But that decision usually comes like halfway through the baseball season. So that thing's kind of lingered over their heads. I don't know what, like, if you're an A's fan, what is there to root for? Like, what's there to hope for? Um, and do you think, Carl, that this is like a deliberate tank? Like, do you think that they're they're trying to, to make it so people care less about this team for whatever reason, because they want to move or they want a higher draft pick? Um, what's, what's your take on this? I have a very complicated take on this. And that is that do teams tank? Yes. Now that said, do Major League Baseball teams tank in the same way that NBA teams tank? No. In the NBA, you tank to get a better draft pick because there's only two rounds in the draft and there's only 12 guys on your roster. So one guy can immediately make an impact. In Major League Baseball, the first if you go 1-1, if you're the first pick in the draft out of, what, 30? I think they do 30 rounds. It used to be 100 rounds. You're stocking the farm system. You don't tank to get better in Major League Baseball. You just you just don't because there's no guarantee that that top prospect, that one, one, I mean, Todd Van Poppel, Brian Taylor, Matt Bush, you know, only just now made it to the major leagues very recently and not as the shortstop he was drafted as, uh, you don't tank to get better in major league baseball. You tank in major league baseball because you understand that you don't have to publicly divulge your financials. So you can just pretend, oh, we're losing money. We're losing money. Bullshit. We know you're not losing money. There's no way you're losing money. We know there was a great report a couple years back about the Pittsburgh Pirates because I think there was a lawsuit that made their financial subject to public uh, disclosure. And basically, they were getting more money from profit sharing or revenue sharing than they were even spending on salaries. You're not trying. What? They were they were getting more money in revenue sharing than they were spending on the salaries of the players. At that point, you need to have that team taken away from you. You need to make yeah. a good faith. You need to make a good faith effort. I don't believe that any sport should have a salary cap, but I think every every sport should have a salary floor. If you're a billionaire, you you have the means and you have the funds to put a good product on the field. And I think you have an obligation to do that. Is there any team in the league, and I forgive you for not knowing this offhand, uh, is there any team in the league not owned by a billionaire with a B? I can think of the Dodgers that are owned by a team of billionaires, but... Um... The answer to that question, and I, I did do the research on that, and if memory serves, there is only one team that, is, that the the principal owner is not a, a you know, capital B billionaire. I believe there's one team uh, that is not owned by a billionaire. I can't remember what that is off the top of my head, but it's it's not many because, yeah. it, I mean, they were, Forbes just put out their annual valuations of of, of all the sport, professional sports teams and the cheapest team, the cheapest team that you could buy to get into Major League Baseball is a billion dollars. And that's just walking around money, billion dollars. You still got to inject tons more money into the team if you want to give a shit about it, obviously. I don't know. I don't expect every team to be owned by Steve Cohen types. Um, and I also have, uh, you know, complicated feelings about rich people in general. But I do find uh, a guy like Steve Cohen got his money through incredibly nefarious, nasty ways. Yeah. But he's treating the Mets like a 
charity almost. He's treating it like, hey, I want to give something back to the city of New York. I want to give them a winning team that they can believe in, and and I want to bring a World Series here. And that's why he spent so much money. And same with the guy from the Padres, the owner of the Padres. That's kind of his mentality. is like, I'm not going to be around forever, and uh, I love this city. I love this team. I want them to win. I just wish every owner was like that. And it's sad that, you know, we, we rank all these teams... Some of them are bad through, you know, mismanagement, uh, you know, from their GMs. Some of them are bad just because their talent is regressing or they've got, you know, unfortunate injuries or some of them just ain't playing so good lately. And that's whatever. But almost consistently, you can always say, well, it's the A's, so they'll be bad this year. Oh, it's the Rockies. They'll be bad this year. The Pirates, you know, they might have a key Brian Hayes or a, a Brian Reynolds that, that are stars for a year. And then, well, they'll still only win, you know, 60 games. And that sucks, because I, I, I feel bad as somebody like a Tigers fan who's, I've seen my team go to the World Series, but I've also seen them suck, as they are right now, and uh, it's it's just sad that teams like that don't get to even have the highs to, to partner with the lows, you know? Um, yeah, doesn't and have it's, much it's, to do with projections, but I just, I, I, that's how I feel about how this stuff shakes out a lot, you know? No, it, 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 but it it's important to talk about, because... As fans, and now me, you know, you see it all the time. People say, you know, in, in like the Tiger subreddit, oh, I don't know if I'm going to stick around if they keep sucking. I'm going to stick around. I don't care because I understand yeah. that there are 30 major league teams and only one team can win it every year. I just, I want to see them do good. And I think that the Tigers were just an example of a team that was just poorly run. I don't think that they were tanking exactly. over the last 10 years. Do I think that Pittsburgh and, and uh, Oakland have been tanking? Yes. Do I think Colorado was tanking? No. I think that is just the most inept, poorly run franchise in Major League Baseball. Um, I was doing some quick, I went back and found this piece from the LA Times. It looks like there are five uh, Major League owners who are not worth uh, or, or worth less than a billion dollars. But the, the lowest, it was the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays who comes in at a paltry $400 million um, personal uh wealth yeah. or what a net, net worth is the term so he's the poorest for. owner but also like and and they are kind of the interesting little wrinkle in this storyline because they they are kind of run like a quote-unquote poverty franchise with aesthetics with their field with some of their you know coaching hires and stuff like that and yet they're still a very good team they they kind of play the money ball they kind of play the prospect game they make good trades on guys like uh well, last year with the tigers the tigers traded isak paredes who is sort of a journeyman minor league infielder for austin meadows who is this enormous uh uh, talent in the outfield, major league proven player. Meadows comes to Detroit, plays like 30 games, and then is out on injury for the rest of the season. Paredes has a phenomenal season with the Rays, pretty much gets calls up right away and plays the whole season at third base. And you can't predict a trade like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fold in that way. But yeah, it's sort of the Rays just have this like devil magic with, <laughs> with their money. Um, and I'm always impressed by that. So good for them. You don't have to be a billionaire to, to make a good team. I, I think that's the proof. Absolutely. And they've also, they've another place they've done really well for themselves is on the international side of the game. They've made some excellent international mm. signings uh I, I most notably i wander franco is yeah. probably the most recent example of that all right well that's our that's our predictions um i i think personally i would love to see a blue jays cardinals world series that sounds fun as hell st louis in red toronto in blue that's beautiful 
Absolutely. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> if it's no. the fucking Astros and Braves again, I'm not watching. I'm just going to put it down right there. I'm not watching it. But is that your official pick? My official pick? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess this is this is kind of the moment where we should decide. Um, No, it's not. Because I'm going to okay. go with my heart and a little bit of the math. Mets win the NL. Blue Jays? Yeah, I don't know. I, could the Blue Jays beat the Yankees? That's the question. And then would it matter in the playoffs? And I, then, I, know you, I know you can't tell, but I'm smiling very large but behind this microphone. And are I, you I'll thinking tell you that I'm, I'm about to pick the same thing you are? Yeah, go ahead. All right, what's your, well, no, what's your pick? I'm, I, I think the Mets are going to beat the Yankees, or the Mets are going to beat, excuse me, the Blue Jays in the World Series. That's my, I, I think that the Blue Jays are going to catch lightning in a bottle. Everything is going to break their way. I think there's going to be a bad injury. Uh, I think you might see Aaron Judge miss 30 games. Just in, nothing, you know, nothing serious, but just enough to put a damper on it. They've already seen, you know, some pitching. They've lost some pitching. Cortez is struggling with his hamstring. That can't be good for you know the rest of the yeah. season. I just, I think those young players that they've got on the Blue Jays and that pitching staff that they got, I think they've got enough pitching and I think they've got enough offense. If if uh, Vlad Jr. gets hot early enough and starts carrying them. That's my that's my pick. I I think it's going to be Mets Mets Blue Jays, and I think it's going to be I'd say Mets in six. It won't go the full seven, but I I, I would like to see that World Series. I think, like I said, I, I'm following my heart. I don't know if it's the smartest thing. I'm glad you at least agree with me that the Mets will probably get there. Um, so it's not all just like me being a Mets fan, but I think I think they got it. I knock on wood, knock on all the wood, knock on what do we got? We got shaving a haircut. And uh, that that's that's how I feel. That's, I think, the predictions. That's how I feel like uh, the teams are going to shake out. That is the end of our script. I think that's the end of our big season prediction. Did you have any like big takeaways you want to leave the listeners with? Stuff to impart onto them? Not really, other than to say, listen... It's the, st- the baseball. It's the start of a new season. Everybody starts with the same record. And even if your team sucks, there's still something great to take away from every game. For me, and I know for Matt as well, it's probably uh, going to be listening to Dan Dickerson uh, yeah. broadcast the games and Jim Price just chuckle at everything he says um, <laughs> and get real excited when somebody throws a curveball so he can uh, say yellow hammer and uh, buggy whip. And when, yeah, when somebody hits a nice line drive. Oh, that's a good buggy whip. Yeah, yep. I love Jim Price. There's something there. Baseball is like people. There's something beautiful in every, and there's something beautiful in every person. There's something beautiful. And I'm not, this is not me taking the piss. There's baseball mimics life. There's long periods of inactivity followed by bursts of excitement and joy, a lot of heartbreak. Just go along for the ride. Try to find something to hold on to. And let's just have a great goddamn season. Yeah. At the end of the day, guys, it's, it's a game. It's the best game. And you know we're going to watch it. We're going to love it. I guess by the time maybe you hear this part of the episode, it's uh, two weeks into the season, and who knows what kind of stories we could be telling. But <laughs> Everybody we picked for awards winners is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Horrific uh, plane crashes. Uh, Shohei Otani and all of the uh, MVP hopefuls for the year have gone down. No, we don't want that to happen. No, Nationals and Rockies are in the National League Championship Series. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't like... that be insane? Something the, non, the, nonsensical. The Oakland A's start the season with an historic 15-game uh, winning streak and are uh, right on track for a World Series. Oh and uh, 
So as we mentioned at the top of the episode, we recorded the next few weeks all at once and we'll be dropping even more of our season preview in the weeks to come. So next week, we'll have a deep dive into all the greatest players in the league, plus some guys that are due for a breakout season and our predictions for all the great player awards like MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Cy Young. Plus, Carl is going to update you on the first weekend of the season. We are so damn excited for this year and we hope you'll join us along for the ride we will see you next week goodbye put me in coach is an arctic sounds original podcast hosted by matt coggins and carl mizell theme music is by quack quack seatback edited and produced by matt coggins check out the footnotes of this episode to see links to all the great highlights articles and sources we mentioned on the podcast today as well as the full theme song and ways to get in touch with us For more, find us on Twitter and Instagram at PutMeInPod or at our website, PutMeInCoachPod.com.